Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Building Grum Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Nolan, and in this podcast I'll be discussing the latest development updates and exploring the latest themes and trends across the construction industry. We're broadcasting from Birmingham and exploring the construction industry, planning sector and architecture and design community. On today's episode, I'm joined by Assistant Director of Development Planning and Development at Birmingham City Council, Simon Delahunty Forest, and Verity Barr, Director of Cavendish Advocacy, part of the BECG. We'll be discussing the future of Birmingham and what the future city plan means for the city and the region, and also take a look at what it means to developers and investors who are looking to relocate and establish themselves in the UK's second city following its recent global success at hosting the Commonwealth Games. A big thank you to our Building Brum podcast series supporters, Reality Capture and Point Cloud Modelling Specialists, Scantech Digital, Solus, one of the UK's leading suppliers of commercial flooring and wall tiles, and Sunbelt Rentals. With over 1.5 million items of equipment, they are the largest providers of equipment hire in the UK. If you'd like to find out more about our Building Brum partners after today's episode, you can visit the Building Brum website. Hi, Simon. Hi, Verity. Welcome to the Building Brum Podcast. Thank you both for joining me today. Thanks for having us, Connor. Yeah, thank you very much for inviting us along. Yeah. No, it's really, really great to have you on the on, on the show. So I can't think of two people better suited to talk about Birmingham and the built environment and, and what's going on in the industry today with Simon, yourself, you and your colleagues spearheading the Future City Plan and Verity, the work that you guys are doing with developers all across the country it's you're both so well positioned to kind of give a really clear in-depth understanding of, of, of what's kind of going on and how how both developers and, and, and placemaking placemakers kind of think not only in Birmingham but just the, the UK as a whole and um so yeah so it's really great to have you on the show and um Simon before we start I just want to say congratulations well done Commonwealth Games roaring success you must be um you you must be delighted oh uh, uh, over the moon you know uh, beyond expectation really you know um it, it, you know it went without any hitches it put birmingham well and truly firmly on the global map uh on that you know the the, the color the noise the smells the food the games the medals the people in our great city you know uh, absolutely uh, amazing and, and really to pick up on not just you know what was on the telly and that, but actually listen to local people in the city centre that are Brummies actually being proud of their city. You know, saying you know Birmingham is a cosmopolitan city, so it's been absolutely fantastic, unbelievable. And who could want anything more than Black Sabbath? You know, closing the events. You know, what a dream come true uh, for me, as you know. So yeah, brilliant, happy days. It really, really was special. I mean, um, I mean, it must feel quite strange now after kind of all those years leading up to the games and so much happening within the city, so many different developments that are direct links to the games taking place, not only in Birmingham, but say, say the Aquatic Centre over in, um, in Dudley, so much kind of being put into place for this one period in time. And now, now, now that it's over, I mean, how do you feel looking back at that? Do you feel like a relief that it's over or, is, or for you, is it just, is it onto the next thing now? 
Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's far from a relief. You know, the, the leader of the council, Ian Wards, always talks about that golden decade uh, that we are in and, 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 and experiencing. And the Games was part of that. That was part of one of them components, you know, and how we build on that going forward, uh, on that future, you know. And, and you know, it's, it, it, it served its purpose. It put us on the map. And it's now how we go beyond that. I mean, you touched on the, you know, our future city plan. That was already in the mix, that conversation about that legacy piece after the games. You know, it's not just about that sports piece, but it's about them other pieces in terms of, you know, infrastructure, opportunity, jobs, etc. on that, as well as other events. Yeah, all right, we didn't get the uh, Eurovision, but, you know, we're looking at the Euro Championships in terms of football and other athletic events. So we're building on that momentum. We are on that crest of that wave, you know. So it's not just thinking about, the games in isolation. It's about that continuation of what these things are going to do. And as I've said, you know, that golden decade, you know, that, that opportunity that Birmingham's now set. Because, you know, we think back to what it was, I think the G7, you know, when we had Bill Clinton, he was at the Maltese, and we had that fantastic photographs of him. And we did then fall off the edge of the cliff then. This is not about that now with the games, you know, it's how we build on that, how we talk to different partners, etc., different investors and different people who want to bring their business, their homes and their families to Birmingham. So that's the next part of that stage going forward. Well, I mean, what, look at that wider success of the Commonwealth Games and kind of what it means for the city on the world stage, because it's just it's had that platform. It, it, it had the, that exposure to people all over the world watching watching Birmingham and watching the Midlands and I was, I was wondering did you did you did you notice an increase in kind of in maybe even planning applications or just were you aware of more sites being acquired and kind of investors and developers kind of looking at Birmingham as a destination of somewhere they wanted to come to more so during those that run up to the games and and now even kind of after the games with all that positive attention and, and people seeing that Birmingham did was able to handle it and deliver it in such a such a powerful and positive way. Like, is it have you found that that promotion's encouraged more? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that whole period of the games wasn't just about that that sporting event and that's uh, you know that 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 platform there. It also allowed us that platform to actually talk to investors throughout that period. You know, Paul Kitson, the strategic director. Uh, and the chief exec, Deborah Cadman, you know, there was a, different uh, events being arranged throughout the whole period of them games where we were talking to, you know, uh, different investors, people that are interested within the city on that, you know, actually showing what the opportunities are in the city. And, yeah, we've, we've spoken to the usual suspects, those that are committed to Birmingham will, and will continue to be committed to Birmingham, but also to those that have thought about Birmingham in the past, and haven't actually took that leap of faith, but now have seen that actually Birmingham can deliver. It's a fantastic city with fantastic people that they now want to invest in the city and look at them opportunities. So it, it, it's been very rewarding on that on that, that that aspect there, you know. And obviously speaking to colleagues within the Commonwealth as well, you know, probably people we haven't talked to before about development opportunities, you know, how how we provide that uh, additional infrastructure, etc. So no, it's been really good. And the planning applications, you know, we've gone from strength to strength on them. You know, uh, not not just over the, the, the games piece, but e even before I spoke to you, Connor, about, you know, over COVID, you know, it, it never eased off. If anything, you know, it's really sort of accelerated. And, you know, I'm hoping to do so as we carry on throughout the year and into next year. No, it really is. I mean, it's such an exciting time 
for the city with the fact that like with even every week you kind of you hear new almost like a new business is kind of committed to a floor of office space whether or not it's in, in three centenary or, or 103 Colmore Road like it's it's just you could get this buzz of just more and more in, investment kind of flooding into the city following on from just like the confidence of of really strong developments being um being, being put forward and it, it's it's that kind of the city's ever ever growing and changing skyline where it, it makes me think like I, I like to think who's doing it well what who's leading the way in this kind of in place making in the city and in, in in the wider suburbs and and why 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 do you think it's like it's so important that that it's done to this highest standard of of placemaking of 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 design so that it, it gives those that are going to be using those using these spaces the, the, the best offering really yeah i mean you, you you've touched on that that placemaking and that uh, uh, agenda there and that can be used quite you know widely and what does it actually mean but it, it, it is really fundamental and key i mean you only have to look at paradise you know the quality of the public realm you know, you get that public realm absolutely right. And, you know, an MEPC, you know, that commitment they've done there to that quality, that infrastructure, that connectivity. And then in, in terms of the quality of the build-out, you know, it's, it's really important um, uh, on that front there. And it just gives that element of confidence as well that, you know, this is a city that is passionate about um, uh, placemaking and that public realm going forward. And, you know, and we've got players in the city that are, are here for the long term. You know, that they're not here to get a planning ticket and flip that planning ticket. We've got players here that, you know, are here for 30, 50 years. And, and, and for them, it's just as important that that quality is there. It has to be sustainable. It has to be able to adapt to climate change, etc. cetera, uh, not just, you know, in terms of the route to zero agenda, but also, you know, the financial markets, et cetera, on that. You know, so it's really, really important that that's there. And, you know, and there's other sort of people we want to work with and, you know, people like, Moda that you know their product that they've got out there and Barclays you know it's really good high-end quality but it also builds into what people want you know it's what people want out of their lifestyle how they live and the spaces and places they use. So Simon I'm, in, I'm interested to know sort of how those developers are, are kind of evolving their offering and the conversations that they're having with you what they're prioritising, kind of how they're matching those priorities against what you as a council want to, to see them bringing forward and really focusing on? Yeah, I mean, you know, those that are very much forward looking are, are always, you know, testing themselves as well. You know, they don't just sit on their their laurels on that. It's about that involvement uh, uh, as they go uh, forward with ourselves about that demand what people want and what comes into that are so many other aspects but you know the health and well-being agenda actually providing you know a, a, you know that infrastructure to allow that happen you know god forbid anything like covid again happens you know actually providing that that infrastructure that's within the, the developments that allow people to do what they generally do day to day without uh, having to worry about you know um, uh, a pandemic uh, and, the, and the restrictions that comes with that and, and they're also that green agenda, you know, actually providing real meaningful green infrastructure, not tokenistic, you know, actual proper green infrastructure that people can use uh, on that. Because, you know, but, but again, people like Moda and the Barclays of this world, are, you know, always reviewing that, you know, and they've learned lessons through COVID. Because if you look at that as an agent of change, you know, not everybody has access not only to 
public open space, but good quality private amenity space as well. So that the the building that into their office, you know, and and data is really key as well. And, you know, data is so important in doing that to actually learn how people are actually living. You know, and uh, you know, I know there's uh, app devices and sensors within these development blocks that you know actually start to pick up about how people use the buildings and how can you improve on using them buildings. You know, how how do you actually use your heating in a more efficient way? You know, do you need the heating on in every possible room because you spend most of your time in the living room or or, or wherever on that? So it, do, it, do, it does evolve. And again, you know, in terms of construction, you know, the whole modular uh, uh, agenda as well, you know, actually delivering, you know, bathroom pods, kitchen pods on, on site. It, it's really efficient. It's really quick and have a really high standard there uh, going forward. So, yeah, that, they're always testing that. And, you know, and look, at the end of the day, uh, Birmingham City Council, you know, we, we want quality places and spaces for everybody absolutely everybody all the good citizens of Birmingham you know and that and that can be apartments that can be homes uh, you know uh, uh, on that front there you know but it, it, it it's across the board it has to be inclusive you know and this is where we do push our developers uh, that we work with and investors that you know it has to be an inclusive agenda as well that is absolutely fundamental to what we do we can't leave anybody behind you know you have to build in that division what is what is that inclusive agenda? What, what does that look like, Simon? When I, th- I think it's a really, re- I think it's a really interesting point. And there's so many different aspects now that I, I imagine you've got to consider from when a when a new de- a developer is introducing a new project to a su- to to Birmingham City Council, whether or not it's their, their 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 ethos and their outlook on net zero and their sustainability credentials. But it, it it's it's what you just mentioned there that in, that inclusive that inclusivity when it comes to projects. What what. What does what does that mean to to you? What 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 does good look like to you? There, I mean, I mean, what what good looks like to me? You know, it can it can mean many many things. You know, and and the the route to zero agenda, you know, is important. But I think what's really important in terms of that inclusivity, you know, is that social provision. You know, that that equality uh, on there. You know, actually, you know, getting those people that struggle to get the first foot on the rung of the ladder, you know, actually providing that real affordable uh, provision, you know, in terms of social uh, housing, and there's so many definitions of it, but, you know, so we're, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing developers that, you know, we have a policy of 35% in terms of social provision, and that's what we have to do. We, we've got to start to aspire and to deliver that going forward. And look, you know, we live in the, you know, we have to live in the reality of this, you know, land value, inflation, material costs, yeah. And maybe we have to look at different ways to deliver that social provision, you know, to have that inclusivity uh, uh, going forward. Uh, and, and there's different ways to do it. I mean, I've said it many a time, you know, in terms of our own portfolio, you know, is it a case that when we sell a bit of land, actually we, we, we're very prescriptive about what affordable provision should be in that, you know, and that will affect the, the, the price. I get that. But we've got to get our citizens into homes. You know, yep. that's really important. You know, and then also in the line with the, you know, planning applications, you know, 10% affordable provision is not good enough. Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. And I mean, Verity, does it kind of, does that align with the conversations you're having as well with with developers that you're talking with when they're, when they're looking at introducing their their projects to um to new city centres, that outlook on, on providing the social provision and, and all the different aspects from net zero, like the, it's essentially the ESG 
credentials of, of the developers is that are you getting that same response are they coming to you with the same um that same kind of positive outlook that they want to kind of push for the for the best things going yeah absolutely and i think the the biggest transition that we've seen particularly as we're, we're coming out of the pandemic is is developers not just paying lip service to these things now but really looking at how they can make a tangible difference what can they what can they actually do i think for so long esg has been a buzzword a slogan something that that people knew that they had to do but didn't really know what they should do um and i think it's only really now that because of various different things that have happened kind of on a global stage and a, a local level as well that 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 big organizations corporations are now really realizing what they what they can do and what the practical things are so we are seeing developers at a, a micro level looking you know if you take biodiversity as an example environment kind of environmental strand of it looking at what are the really small things that they could be doing but if they do that on one site and then kind of extrapolate it across all their developments like collectively it really starts to have an impact so it could be as simple as um you know putting bricks into some of the the houses that bees can can you know nest in you know that might seem like a really tiny kind of inconsequential thing but again when you look at it as a, a, a across a city or across a nation it really starts to have an impact um so i think for me that's the, the biggest change that things are really happening and i think you know part of what's driving that it comes down to to carrot and stick doesn't it that there's always the aspiration that they're meeting a city council's aspiration to do something but increasingly we're seeing banks as they're they're starting to come forward with funding for these projects making esg commitments part of their funding agreements so they won't release all the funding until X happens, until you're demonstrating that you're having a positive impact on the community, until you're supporting X number of projects locally, until you're delivering X amount of affordable housing. And I think that that's the real difference, that the, the carrot bit's always been there, but the stick bit is now starting to, to come into play as well. I, I think that's really interesting there, because, I mean, when, when, you know, when we have been speaking to developer investors that is absolutely fundamental now it's really part of their you know going forward before they you know release money or whatever you know has to be part of it and deliverable now you know and uh, you know i've been birmingham long enough to, to you know to reinforce what you've said there you know the fact that it became a bit of a tick box exercise where now it actually is fundamental and investors you know are, are really hot on it and they want to see that deliverability of it they really get that social angle now and I think we're starting to see, a, again, a sea change sort of at the other end of the development life cycle as well. Buyers want to buy from brands that they respect and that they know are having a positive impact. You know, the, the whole rise of the investor, uh, the activist investor over the last few years again, and, and so much talk about greenwashing and the media you know, has made people so much more kind of alive and alert to not wanting to have the wool pulled over their eyes. And I think just collectively as a as a as a kind of consumer audience, we're we're far savvier and far far keener to be putting our money into things that are going to do good as well. So you know, the purchase of a new home is going to be for for virtually everybody the biggest investment that they ever make. And so I think people are starting to want to say, well, I want to buy this from a developer who I know has paid attention to the things I care about, has has thought about creating this place where I really want to to live and not just the bricks and mortar so I think there's also that drive coming through from the 
from from the kind of end sales commercial point of view as well not just at the the beginning of a development life cycle yeah no i mean if, if, if i knew that i could buy a house that that came with a bee that came with bees then uh yeah that would be a that'd be a big big puller for me but um yeah, sad, sadly I, uh, I live too close to a main road to um get a beehive in that i'll be scared away um wait i i'm reading so many great great stories about some of the like some of the great social value being carried out and delivered on um schemes from it i remember seeing a piece around the work at alexander stadium um i see the work from moda from from hbd with that phoenix 10 site over in warsaw um carries and so and so many others and what what from a from like a from both from as a someone working for the council summer but also as as a brummy what what's what which one which schemes or who do you see really going above and beyond and coming up with innovative ways to to deliver social value more so than you kind of expected from the offset to really kind of just take take it that one step further yeah yeah well look um i, I i'm gonna big up the perry bar um, village here which was going to be the uh, athletes village uh on that and it, and you know it, it's for, for me that is birmingham sort of uh, putting its money where its mouth is there you know to provide a you know a scheme that will have social impact you know, in an area that desperately needs that social impact, you know, real legacy in terms of bricks and mortar, real legacy in terms of public transport, you know, the resort purposing of the uh, the station there, you know, and, and, the, and the real big move there, you know, the fact that we were really brave and really bold to take that flyover out. And to take that flyover out, that, that was the, the agenda there was actually about connecting community. That's what that was about. You know, that is, is a physical barrier, you yep. know, and uh, taking that out, the agenda for that was about connecting community. How does that community then reach into, you know, other parts that I haven't done before because of, you know, a physical barrier? So for us, you know, for Birmingham, that, that you know, we were brave. You know, the leader stuck to his guns on that um, and there was a lot of opposition to it. But you can now, you can now see the value of that. You know, and uh, what's really interesting is that, you know, talking to local people in the area, which we do, you know, they were they were more than happy to, you know, to bear the pain of, build, you know, building going on and, and roadworks and queuing because they could see the greater value. And, that, and, that, and also that greater value, creating that confidence in that area as well you know, creating that confidence that actually, you know, this is a great place to come and invest. It's a great place to come and live. It's a great place to send my kids to school. You know, it's a great place to come and um, a shop, you know. So that whole dynamic there, that whole social piece there, you know, is, is, is actually happening in front of our eyes now as we speak. And also, you know, that real important piece that we did very early on as well was the fact about the green infrastructure, you know, having access to really good quality public open space as well, you know, that would connect up other quality pieces of public open space. Because, you know, I'll keep on going on about it, but, uh, you know, COVID as an agent of change really showed the value of open space and, and providing that, you know, and with playable landscapes. And as very said earlier, the biodiversity piece as well. And yeah, you know, and I get what you're saying there, Connor, about bees and the cars, you know, next to a road. But there, there will be a hybrid of that, you know, that, that you know, that, that, the, the future of the car has no future. 
you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the future is that green infrastructure, that biodiversity, that technology as well, yeah. uh, you know, and, and creating them places for the next generation and the generation to come going forward. Well, the thing is, though, creating those types of places, I can't imagine are, are an easy feat by any means. And if you look at the, when did you start working? When did you kind of first be like, right, Perry Bar, let's look at, we've identified it, we're looking at it, and then kind of let's put together a team and then bringing in the likes of Lendlease to, like, that's absurd. Like the, the coordinate, coordinate, yeah, losing my words, the coordination to pick the right partners to design and deliver something that's just gonna that will have that lasting legacy that was kind of like because it's always been about legacy in perry bar it's always been about creating something that's going to really kind of stand the test of time i imagine act as almost a benchmark for the other new developments the other new massive regeneration schemes that are going to go happen across across the region well it, it, it is it is that catalyst you know and you know and birmingham's been you know able to uh you know have a you know uh, best in class uh, example there to do that in, in partnership with Lendlease, as you said, you know, Lendlease share our social values, you know, that they, you know, they're very much, you know, wanting to be carbon neutral. They see the value of, um, you know, the, uh, all the pieces around the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the SG, you know, it, it, it was fundamental that we had a partner like that, that we could, you know, work together have, have the same agenda with the same output and then also that continuing legacy from that scheme going forward. You know, how, how does that then set the benchmark for other schemes that will come forward uh, going for, uh, there in, in Perry Bar? And, it, and it, it, it's, it's great to see, you know, and, and again, we've used, you know, you know, there's traditional build on there, there's modular build on there, you know, there's that social provision built in there, there's spaces and places where people can meet and greet and share and work together you know it's a fantastic example it really is going forward and and you know you said about those players out there them other ones well yeah the private sector they're doing their thing you know and and it's really valuable but you know i'm really proud of perry bar and what we've been able to achieve there absolutely no so so, and and you should be i'm going down i'm going down to do a uh they're doing an event to go and open it up and show people later next month so um I think it's the women in property group so uh looking forward to seeing it really really look forward to seeing it and i think that 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 kind of highlight that the work you did local authority leading that leading the way with the the social provision in in, in this case like it kind of it does set that tone it sets that that benchmark and the expectation that's that others to others to follow yeah, and, and and look, you know, the, the other things we did, you know, that that green infrastructure, I mean, we lifted and shifted trees that were existing on that site and replanted them in the park. You know, that was what was really important, you know, and some, some of them trees will be coming back within, you know, the uh, the space within the middle, you know. So, it, you know, it's not just taking out that physical hard infrastructure to connect community. It's also using that soft in- infrastructure, you know, and taking real good care of it. You know, and developing it, complementing it, etc. You know, and that's what we should be doing with you know other schemes. You know, I'm a real firm believer, kind of that. You know, when we should be doing master planning, you know, it's not it's not led by architecture. It should be led by the place and and that output it has in terms of its social provision and it, its empowerment to local people. You know, and that's connectivity, permeability. You know, that green route to zero agenda, and then the architecture follows after that. You know, with them same credentials as well. 
you know, I think that's how you're going to build up the trust of the local community and the local residents that that when this happens again, that it will be done properly and it will be done well and, and thoughtfully and that it is putting the community at the centre of of the development and planning process as well. And I think it's only when you take a big risk and, and you, you have a situation like Perry Bar where, you know, council's been quite brave to do it, but people that see that it works, that they then sort of almost allow you to, to do it again, don't they? And I think as much as this needs to come, as you said, Simon, from the develop from the council and from the developers, there also has to be the, the community buy-in as well. So building that trust is is part of that circle, isn't it? Yeah, t- t- totally. And you know, and look, we, we've been doing that, you know, with, with our, our future city plan. Um, you know, that vision for the next 20 years. Um, two years ago, the, the leader launched Shaping Our City Together uh, on that. And, and that was exactly what it said on the team, actually going out to those stakeholders, uh, those community groups, you know, um, th- those faith groups and um, youth groups, and actually saying, look, what is it you want? What is it you want your city to look like? You know, what's important to you? Uh, on that and I think again that's a really brave and bold uh, position that we've put ourselves in you know and and the leader was only speaking over the games not long ago about that you know and when you asked that question right at the start uh, kind of about that legacy bit he talked about that and what that legacy is is about that engagement with community and listening to community about how you inform them places and spaces you know and, and and we're sticking to our guns on that and developers as well are really really seeing the value of that you know it's not relatively speaking it's not that long ago that consultation was a bit of a tick box exercise as part of the the planning process yeah well you know we'll do a public exhibition tick done we'll we'll set up a website tick done but it didn't really kind of change change a whole lot but I think increasingly again developers are really seeing and understanding the value of of taking the community through the planning process with them of, of really understanding what they what they what 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 matters to them how can they make a development that's really going to mesh in with the local community how is it going to support projects people groups etc that are that are kind of living and, and working and breathing there and and now that that that's happening as well I think that's when you really truly get the kind of holistic approach to to planning and development when it when it really all comes together with with that with that point around that holistic approach and Simon your point with the kind of work looking at the future city plan and kind of bringing in the the stakeholders or that recurring theme and it always is that recurring theme within the built environment when it's been done well is is that collaboration it's that collaborative approach to kind of to making positive change within the um within when it when it comes to placemaking I mean you talk about the, that future city plan being like a focus on that next 20 years of Birmingham. I'm going to ask you, and you, you could probably, I imagine to give the full answer, it'd take probably several hours to kind of cover cover every point. But just the like highlights, head, headlines of like what what the plan is for that next 20 years around developing that social provision further and and, and how you're pushing it forward, because it seems to really, it is underpinning, it's so important to, to yourselves as, as a local authority. And I can't imagine, how, how, how do you set a roadmap? How does that, 
how do you plan out a 20 year social provision strategy that, that, you, that, that you can deliver on and kind of takes into account all the different things that might happen over a 20 year period. I mean, like 20 years, it's such a, it's, it's, it's a huge amount of time. How does one, how does one plan that? It, it, it is, you know, and uh, it's the sort of thing that keeps me up at night, to be honest, uh, think, thinking about that. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's, re- it's really in, in, interesting that, you know, about what our starting point was, uh, as, as I've said earlier on that, you know, that actually listening to those voices that probably not had that platform before to actually tell us what the place, the space uh, should be. You know, and I, I get asked the question, yeah, you know, what it, it, very much what you're saying here, you know, is the, um, you know, what what is the secret to success for this? What what is going to be that, you know, that gold medal uh, going forward on there? And and for me, I, I I say it's not about what success is; it's about what failure is going to look like, and and that's the thing that that does get me thinking a lot harder with my colleagues uh, as we go uh, forward with this plan, you know, is that I, I'm really clear about this, is that, you know, if our city looks the same in five to ten years, then we will have failed. You know, we have to take in all those aspects that mean so much to how people use uh, spaces and places. Uh, you know, Birmingham is such a rich, diverse community, and that has to be reflected in our spaces and places, you know, how does that inform our city going forward? How do we get those young people who's even their parents and their grandparents have never actually used the city centre, you know? So that's a real challenge. And through that, we're talking to, you know, one of the themes in there is the city of layers, you know, how do you celebrate, uh, highlight, um, you know, that, that cultural piece within, you know, them places and culture, and, uh, and and diversity is so much important to the language also of developers and investors as well. You know, particularly, you know, overseas developers, you know, they see the real value of that, you know, and I've talked before about, you know, the power of football clubs and how important that is to cities, but it goes well beyond that as well. You know, and what we need to be doing is providing them places and spaces as a platform for young people and old people to be able to feel comfortable in them places and spaces. Uh, going forward but it really is about inclusivity and it's really about the route to zero agenda you know they're the real two sort of bedrock you know then cornerstones of 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 the ofcp and 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 part of that will be very much the green infrastructure uh and uh, you know we've talked about you know how the 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 ring road becomes the greenway you know we've talked about park birmingham you know and they're the sort of things you're going to be seeing and that real legacy. They're the real things that people have been saying to us. That's important. You know, having, having big public open spaces in, in, in the, in the, in the middle of the city center going there, but also what's really key. And this is where we're in a really unique position. I believe being the 20th, you know, biggest landowner in the UK, we're in a position to make these things happen. We can make it happen. You know, we can bring our assets to the table. We can go into joint venture partnerships, you know, rather than go to the market and sell to the highest bidder. You know, we can actually go to the market, get partnerships to deliver the things that people want. Simon, what you're describing, and if you're, getting, if you're struggling to sleep at night at the minute, like the reality is it's not a 20-year 20, 20 plan. It's This is serving the next 100 years. I mean, the, 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 the infrastructure you're putting into place now and the changes to just kind of help people travel and work and live 
this is um yeah it's it's it, it's an enormous piece of work enormous piece of work so um it, it, it is and and, and you're, you're you're absolutely right you know it, it is beyond that that 20 year uh, you know that 2040 uh, vision because it's going to take time to get yeah. some of these things in there's so many ideas we've got and i can't wait till when we're in that position to set share that with you connor and, and, and others you know about you know where we've got to with that consultation what people want and and about how we're going to deliver it which is the most important thing and that's not going to be delivered overnight you know uh, but we're setting that benchmark for that future going beyond and even to the point now where we've even been saying well where do you go from you know what we call the central renewal areas and there's uh, eight of them where do you then go beyond that you know what is that ripple effect you know going forward so we're really setting that blueprint here i'm really excited by it you know and, and the world will change as we go along that journey you know it, it's changed for you know you know who would have thought we would have had a pandemic you know war in europe now you know the cost of living crisis you know but we're, we're setting that framework with real confidence it, 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 it's a part of that golden decade about where we'll be setting that agenda yeah and we'll get some really quick wins out of it as well but we're in that unique position that we've got that asset we've got them assets that we can you know even if we need to consolidate as well kind of you know we can we can go out to the market and consolidate what we've got to make that difference to people's lives yeah well no simon good luck it's been um it's been great to chat with with you both verity thank you so much for for taking the time to join us today simon thanks thanks for sharing as well it's been um always a pleasure um yeah no thanks very much guys and um Come and join me again on the Building Broom podcast again in the future. Thanks, Connor. Thanks, Connor. Certainly will. Thank you. Subscribe to the Building Broom podcast and join us again where we'll be chatting with new guests every month. Coming up, we'll be talking with Matt Warren, Head of Digital Engineering and Integrated Solutions at Lendlease. A big thank you once again to our Building Broom podcast series supporters, Reality Capture and Point Cloud Modelling Specialists, Scantech Digital, Solus, one of the UK's leading suppliers of commercial floor and wall tiles, and Sunbelt Rentals. With over 1.5 million items of equipment, they're the largest providers of equipment hire in the UK. If you'd like to find out more about our Building Brum construction partners after today's podcast, you can visit the Building Brum website. Thank you very much for listening, and take care everyone. <laughs>